Welcome to the Eye of Terror. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 10 of the Eye of Terror. I'm George. And I'm Alec. And we play 40k. So, this is our end of year review episode. Yay! Yay! God, that was a fast year. Yeah, that went by like lightning. So many releases, so many amazing things coming into the hobby from GW and everywhere. We'll get into some of the things that we think were the best and some of the things we think were the most disappointing. But that's later on in the show. Let's yeah. start off with talking about our hobbying. So what, what do we do all day today, Alec? Today, we all we did was pretty much put together a betrayal at Calf models because we needed to do that. Yeah, we're not going to make the same Space Hulk uh, mistake we made before. Yeah. Just let it sit on a shelf for two years. Yeah. So um, uh, what, what did you work on? I worked on some Cataphracti, I believe, Cataphracti Terminators. They, yeah, they did really great looking models. They had the very Roman feel to them. I also planned on using them for 40K as well as 30K. So I changed them up a little bit. Yeah, you did a very cool conversion. You, um, after you built them, you started, you had all these, all these spiky bits from uh, your Chaos Space Marines. You had a bit box. And you, just by the application of small spikes and chains with, skulls on the end of them totally change the look of the cataphractary terminators they look awesome they look like now they look total chaos i only added like a few things it wasn't that crazy they look they for the most part they look relatively unchanged just like minor alterations were made oh, uh, you know what if you, if you haven't seen our facebook page now would be a good time because i'm i plan on putting up pictures of the conversions alec did and they're they're simple changes that completely changed the look and feel of the cataphractic terminated from Taylor Cal. They look now they look very chaos. Uh, so great job. I was I was thoroughly impressed. Thank you. I, I built a squad of ten mostly bulge marines. I did the the cool looking uh, missile launcher marine with the sort of eagle looking missile launcher. Yeah. I yeah, also threw cool. in a heavy bolter and a plasma plasma uh, marine. And then I did a couple of sergeants. So, yeah, yeah. but I totally enjoy uh, building these things. Plastic's great to work with, much better than working with resin, so much easier. Uh, And they look awesome. So you really, really were in love with that uh, rocket launcher. Yeah, I know. I said, because <laughs> it's so stylized. It's you, so cool. Like, all for what they're like, he's so good. It's like shaped like an eagle. Yeah, I know. I kept, <laughs> has, kept has saying wings. Yeah. <laughs> I kept saying that as I'm building yeah. it and like showing it to everybody. Like, hey, this, this has an eagle on it. It's spectacular. <laughs> I know. I love that missile launcher. It's cool. Other things, yeah. let's see. Uh, I uh, put together a broadside. If you go to the Warhammer Reddit, um, page I, I posted all the time and so i posted mostly complete broadside i did again in our bb8 themed tau army colors <laughs> orange and white and it actually turned out pretty cool so it, it it i'm gonna i'm gonna pat myself on the back and it was like the top post on the reddit the warhammer 40k subreddit for about a day yeah so it was fun to paint we're very getting coming very close to the finishing our tau army yes. i've got the devil fish to paint yeah you still need to do the transport and I've got uh, five more breachers to paint. Yeah. And then I have to do some basing on the Pathfinders, and I think we'll be done. Wow. The whole Hunter contingent will be done. That was pretty fast, right? Yeah, that was very fast. You, so you're not going for Hammerhead? You're not going to go for Hammerhead gunships? Um, I'm surprised. Eat down the road. I, I will. Yeah, I like to have the, the punch of a strength eight 
you know, railgun. Yeah. That would be cool. Um, but uh, and for now, I think after so many points in the storm surge. Yeah. The, oh, way, yeah. the way I play it was like 440 points because last time I brought it out. Yeah, it's in, it's insane. It just takes up. I know. So I'll play with the storm surge for a while and then I'll probably want to shake things up and then I'll move to more sort of mobile, you know, tile force and then maybe add a hammerhead. So we'll see. Yeah, that makes sense. There's going to be a lot of hopping to do with the Trail of Calith. Oh, yeah. There's so many models to build. Well, between us, there's going to be 40 TAC Marines. Yeah, 40. And then the two Contemptors we already built. The, I don't know if we talked about it last time, but we um, we got the Contemptors and we um, we did some surgery on them. We got we ended up getting two Contemptors from the Trail of Calith set, and I chopped off their arms, and then I reattached them. So we have one Contemptor that's got two Power Fists, and then one contemporary that's got two of the carries assault cannons. So I, I just like the way they look that way. They look better, I think. They look cool, more balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now one's obviously very assaulty and one's very shooty. Alec, you're going to get, you've decided you wanted the uh, the one with the two power fists, right? Yeah. Thus far, I don't have a use for a shooty, a shooty, a shooty um, model that has such high armor. Yeah, and, right. Like weapon skill and yeah, but it'd be great whatnot. to add to your to more corn demon can or chaos space marine army. Yeah, you know, I I like the shootiness. I like the fact that I could get out you know twelve strength six shots. I, I don't know. That's pretty cool. To <laughs> that's me. pretty. That's pretty cool. That's really pretty cool. I enjoy that. Yep. So contemporaries are gonna be fun to paint. Love yeah. them. I've already been seeing a bunch of people's work online and the beautiful, um, beautiful contemptors. So can't wait to start painting those. That was that was our hobby little roundup. We're going to get to the more meat and potatoes. Uh, next up in our next segment, we're going to talk about basically our roundup for the year. The stuff that we um, like the most, the stuff that disappointed us the most, all that when we return. All right, so uh, this is our roundup of 2015 for the 40K hobby. All right, so here are the categories. First, we're going to talk about our top three models released by GW this year, and then we pick our favorite. Then we'll talk about our favorite Codex release of the year, and then we'll talk about our greatest disappointment from GW this year. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> You're already looking forward to the talking about the disappointment, I can tell. I already know. Well, it isn't necessarily I'll, I'll get into it later. Yeah, okay. All right, so well, let me hear your nominations for GW's top 3 model releases this year for you. All right, well, first off, I've got to go with naturally the Bloodthirster. Oh man, the Red Tide. Yeah. It was Beautiful. I mean, if you've seen like the old one, the old one looks so dated now. It looks really just, man, it just, it just looks super like 80s, but in a bad way. There's so much more <laughs> detail in this one. First yeah. of all, it's impressive that the size of it was huge. Oh, yeah. It was, it was like twice as big as the last one. It was huge. It was customizable, which was surprising. It, uh, it had such a thorough level of detail. Yeah. And it was clearly like, a lot of work was put into it. And it just looks gorgeous yeah gw really stepped up their um both design and production capabilities this year and the bloodthirster really proved that it is a beautiful model with all the details that it that it has good choice so that's that's okay so what's your next uh, sort of pick for best gw model next i'm gonna have to go with the uh gold star suit from the tau the tau cold star commander suit the cold star commander suit why 
I just uh, I found A it was like seemed bigger than the other Tau commander, uh-huh. which looked made it look cool. The whole um, I'm not sure the blaster was it had like some sort of blaster weapon. It, it looked really cool. It had a sort of chain gun look. Yeah, to it. Uh, it comes arm. with the, it comes. Oh, that's the that's the heavy burst cannon. The heavy burst cannon. That's it. I'm not yeah too familiar with the Tau as of yet. Um, you will be. Okay then. And I, the, uh, yeah. So he looked, So I found the um, that, and I found that the whole redoing of the crisis type of suit to look a bit invigorating and looks better. I think it's a total one eighty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I. You've. I've gone on record on the show saying yeah. how much I hated the crowd. Uh, the, the crowd. The, the crowd. crowd. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> sauerkraut. I hate sauerkraut. Uh, how much I hated uh, the Tao crisis suits and the new ones look look really cool. They're very dynamic. They're very poseable. And the Cold Star Commander suit um, looks very Gundam and really modern and cool. I, I I love it. That's a great pick too. All right. What's your third nominee? All right. Uh, for the third pick, I don't even have this model, but I really, really, really enjoy the look of it. It's the uh, Archon, the new Archon. Archeon. 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 That Archeon. Archeon. I think that's how you pronounce it. Age of Sigmar, the Archeon. It just came out. Uh, the thing uh, that sort of chaos lord riding on top yeah. of this three-headed creature. I haven't. I don't know any of the fluff if this is a named character or if this is some sort of i presume it's a named character because it looks insane yeah but yeah it's so the look is just pure chaos pure unadulterated chaos i mean you have the chaos sword with the massive horns riding atop of a sword on top of this massive demon prince looking greater demon looking <laughs> thing with three heads for each um for Let's for Nurgle, for Corn, and for Zinch, and so that's mysteriously missing. Yeah. I wonder why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. a hint. Odd. The squatting of Slanesh. Poor Slanesh. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It just looks in, insane, and I was like, oh, that looks. That's chaos salvation material right there. It is a beautiful model. It's Age of Sigmar, but you 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 have to admire how how amazing. It looks yeah probably one of the more de- most details most complex models that GW's released ever. It and it's spectacular. Yeah, um, take absolutely take a look. All right, so who's your um, who's your winner? Uh, best GW model of the year. Oh well, I gotta go with my boy, the Bloodthirster. The Bloodthirster. Okay. I mean, I mean, come on. I'm a corn demon can player. <laughs> I mean. What sort of, what sort of blood soaked maniac would I be if I didn't choose the bloodthirster? <laughs> right, right. The normal kind, I guess. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well good call. Good call. Yeah. It is a spectacular model. I don't think anyone can disagree uh, what a great model it is. Yeah, a beautiful model. All right, uh, here are my my top three choices. One is the new Blood Angels Chaplain. Oh, yeah. The Chaplain with Wings. Absolutely stunning, gorgeous model. The it's one of those models that I saw and just go oh yeah i gotta have that i gotta have that yeah oh my god when is it coming out i gotta have it it's uh beautiful it it has legacy armor and that it has that sort of muscle looking armor <laughs> yeah. that uh, mephiston has that astarath has but also it has uh, the other side of it it has more modern sort of like power armor and then uh, those wings are incredibly dry- dynamic yeah. and the skull mask is very stylized it just it's oh, so 
so beautiful. It's just an awesome looking model. So I have it. I haven't built it. Um, it's sitting on my shelf, but definitely during the holidays, um, I'll be working on the on the chaplain. But angels love the dress well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my next nominee is the uh, Skitari Onager Dune Crawler. Oh yeah, this looks awesome looking model. Mostly because it looks so different. It's this crab like very different aesthetic from anything else that's out there in the 40k universe and i love the fact that it's scuttling along on its you know (laughs) on its sort of crab-like legs um and it comes with all kinds of crazy awesome options um for its main you know weapon uh it's just a beautiful looking model i love how big it is i love the look of it it's sort of steampunk meets insectoid it is a different type of thinking from the usual design parameters I expect from GW, so I, I I fell in love with that one, and it was really really fun to paint. Yeah, that was a great. That's a great choice. All right, so um, my next choice is the uh, Tau Ghost Keel suit. Oh yeah, this looks great. Super cool, very anime looking suit. I think it's a suit that defines the new the new Tau. Very much in line with a more modern aesthetic. Um, just great design choices all throughout that still feels like the old towel models, but brings it up to more current standards. The towel now look a little bit more muscular. They've got like actually legs that seem to support all the rest <laughs> of the towel body. Uh, and, and just design choices like to have the, the cockpit open oh, and, yeah. and you can have either male or female towel pilot inside. Very cool. Uh, the different uh, helmet options you get with the with the model, it it just looks like a great model and just on the on the battlefield looks stunning. Oh yeah, catches your eye. That was between that and the storm surge. Yeah. So what made you go for the uh, ghost kill then? Because the storm surge, um, you know, it's also a stunning model. I think it edged it out a little bit because the storm surge feels more like a brutalist kind of like this <laughs> giant, you know, gun platform. Um, and there was an elegance in the ghost kill suit yeah. that I think is missing in the storm surge. Storm surge to me represents like raw power, you know, weight of numbers oh, yeah. in terms of attacks. Where the ghost kill looks more high tech. The other one looks like like you know like, kind of like a just let's throw as many guns on a <laughs> on a suit as we can. Sort of like an and, imperial yeah, suit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they solve everything. <laughs> more engines, more guns. This is more. Uh, and I and I love the look of it. I love the storm surge. I, I think it's a beautiful model. But um, to me, Ghost Kill just feels like more exotic and Tau and modern and high tech. So I went I with the Ghost Kill for the greater cheese. I mean, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my but my winner. My winner, uh, it's the Blood Angels Chaplain. Yeah, you, yeah. Got, you had to go with your boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah I'm a us. Blood Angels player from the beginning, and yeah. so um, I'm always probably going to lean toward the Blood Angels. I I think that is it is it's a stunning model. It's not as big as any of the other models we've talked about, you know, in the nominee list, but in terms of uh, just beautiful design, that Blood Blood Angels Chaplain takes it. So yeah, it does look it yeah. does look gorgeous. Let's talk about our our favorite uh, Codex release this year. Uh, right. What was your favorite release by GW this year? Well, going in line with my previous pick, yep. I obviously have to go with the one, the only, the Corn Demonkin. Yay. Let's give it up for them. Okay, <laughs> so before Corn Demonkin, I was in a rut because Chaos, I, because Chaos Space Marines, I couldn't com- really d- play with them anymore. 
because I just it, it became my 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 defeats became so regular that it just became less of a um, chance and more of a certainty. And it was just, I just couldn't play with them anymore. And it was the same because I love their aesthetic and I love the feel, the fluff, the design of them. But I just, I just couldn't play with them. But that all changed when the Corn Demonkin came out because they are mean as hell. <laughs> the, uh, okay, some excellent changes they made were the uh, blood type system really, really amps up the, models so it feel so they all feel very um anyone can be a superstar essentially yeah anyone can wreck house in combat with any other with any other unit um, In incredibly effective on the battlefield yeah uh, the fact that you can cash them in to give your whole entire army extra attacks or feel no pain uh has made the difference in game after game after game it's the blood type um system approach to corn demon can has totally reinvigorated the way an assault army like that plays Oh yeah, sure. The addition of the Decurion like detachment, yeah, uh, that really actually helped me. Some pe I think some people aren't like fans of the Corn Demonkin, and I get why. But I found the Charnel Cohort, which improves deep striking, which is like you can deep strike within six inches of the HQ choice for the Charnel Cohort, which I find incredibly useful for getting in blood letters and such. And speaking of demons, giving all demons fearless is amazing. It's getting rid of those insane chaos demons, warp storm tables or whatnot that could potentially kill your entire squad and just making them horrifying, brutal murderers that don't feel any sort of hesitation when coming up against the blood-soaked blood angels or <laughs> or the implacable necrons mm -hmm. yeah it just feel it just it gave me my it gave me my chaos space marines back essentially well uh, okay so my i have to say this is might be a surprise for you but right. um my pick for gw codex release of the year is the necrons Ah, uh, and I'll tell you why. Okay, because okay. with the with the new Necron Codex, yeah. GW introduced the Decurion style detachment. Okay, yeah, I get and that. And that has now affected practically every single army out there. Yeah, it gives everybody an alternative to the CAD and ways to play with models um, in in whole new ways, using whole new strategies with whole new benefits. It totally, I think, has shaken up the way the game. Is playing it's definitely affected the meta oh yeah certainly yeah um and it encourages uh you know use of different models so that the old way of playing and the old strategies are sort of swept aside for this new uh, style of play with these different formations and different detachments so i mean in and of itself the decurion detachment itself the original one in, yeah. in the necron codex um is incredibly powerful with, you know, four up reanimation protocols oh. and yeah, move yeah, through cover and all the old benefits you get. Um, it's really great. Yeah, it, it's great. I, it, but it, not only great for the army, but I think it has affected the rest of the codexes subsequent to the Necron codex. So for oh, yeah, me, certainly. in terms of impact and in terms of fun and in terms of, you know, benefits to, to, to playing with it, this Decurion detail, style detachment Introducing the Necrons to me makes it the most significant codex release of the year. 
Yeah, all right, I get. Yeah, that make you know, that certainly makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I feel it was definitely a game changer. My, my, <laughs> my, I mean, yeah, my runner up. I mean, yeah. there were a couple runner ups. There uh, were the the cult mechanicus and the, the war cool. convocation. The, yeah. you know, combining Skatari mechanicus and Imperial Knights. That also was very cool. Yeah. Um, and then my other runner up would have been Tau because yeah. it it brought them back to the competitive table. Made them incredibly competitive, not overpowered. <laughs> yeah, but in terms of impact, in terms of impact on the game, I'm thinking the Decurion style detachment from the Necron. Yeah, no, yeah, is, certainly. Yeah, so incredibly that, competitive. <laughs> okay, what's your what's your um, what is your biggest disappointment this year? My greatest disappointment. Okay, that would probably as if we have some repeat listeners, you might already know the answer. But uh, I talked about this on another previous episode. Mm -hmm. The rumor of Chaos Space Marines that came out on Belafoss Souls, I believe. It, there was, but first, it came out from the Daka Daka forums. Yeah, it was, it was, all, it was all over. It was all. It was all over. It showed up everywhere. everywhere. It showed up everywhere. everywhere. I just saw it on Faya Two and Two and Belafoss Souls and Daka Daka, and, and everybody just was spiky bits. Everybody covered it. Yeah, and it was an extremely detailed, seemingly realistic-looking rumor dump for Chaos Space Marines that essentially made it just a vision of an incredibly competitive um, Chaos Space Marine codex that just solved a ton of problems that were pre-existing. Yeah. I mean, it, they gave them Legion tactics, which would help a ton because we don't get free rules for some reason. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. uh, it, there were new model. There were new units mm -hmm. that were like um, some sort of plague warden thing, where they all like it was like terminators with two wounds and fought toughness five, toughness five, uh, and they had feeling pain, which sounded insane. Yeah, there was so there was, it just seemed so so good. Almost too good to be true. And it was. And it was. And, and it, was. it was. It was confirmed by, um, I believe, Sad Panda was the person <laughs> who confirmed it. That, uh, it w who apparently has a very good track record among rumors. That uh, it was not to be, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so that is that's your greatest disappointment. Uh, it was. I was. I was down for the rest of the day after I heard that that wasn't true. I was. I was not a happy camper. All right, so um, I was uh, I was torn between I was going to make a cheap joke about Age of Sigmar being the biggest disappointment, but <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, but I don't play Age of Sigmar and I don't play fantasy, so and this is another podcast about that. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm not going to mention that. Um, uh, and I love some of the models, but whatever. No, I to me the the fact that GW did not update uh, the Blood Angels. Codex did not FAQ it, did not add errata, did not basically make them. They, they were the last major Space Marines Codex to be released before the new Space Marines Codex. Yeah, like like in terms of like non the ones that don't exist within the Space Marine Codex. So so they don't benefit from any kind of decurion style detachment. They don't benefit from the uh, upgrades to the, like the Scouts Ugh. or to the Dreadnoughts. Yeah, there's a lot of little tweaks in there. Then make them suboptimal, and I still love to play them, and I, they're still a lot of fun to play. And I believe when I play them, when we, when you and I play, yeah. and when we play with other folks, that they can be very competitive. But I think they're handicapped. Yeah, they're so the fact that my beloved Blood Angels didn't get an FAQ update 
or a, a, you know some sort of errata or any kind of update to make them in line, fall in line with you know the normal Space Marines. To me, is the biggest disappointment this year because I, I, I feel I've been hobbled. <laughs> Not I, as much as Chaos Space Marines. So. Uh, I know that. I, I know that feel, bro. I know yeah. that feel. It's yeah, it's, yeah. But that's that's my biggest disappointment. Is like uh, I feel like my Blood Angels are just like like they're starting. You know, they're starting like a few year, a few a few feet back in a starting line, and, the, and then you know the yeah. gun goes off, and you're off goes off to the races, and they have a little extra to make up. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunate. Yeah, all very unfortunate. Yeah, and I, I think yeah, because they were before the Takurian style detachments, and that was or no, they were after Necrons, weren't they? No, they were released in December of 2014. Oh, so, really? Yeah. So Necrons came after. Necrons came after, yeah, because they had a, they just had one form. What angels have said one? Yeah, there's some, you know, formation. Um, yeah, I mean, and when in the competitive meta, you only see one Blood Angels type of um, formation. Everyone goes for the Flesh Terrors. Yeah, you know, um, Forge World, I believe, is what it was. No, no, it's it's a it's in the Shield of Ball. I think there's a Flesh Terrors ah, Shield uh, of Ball. Uh, formation that allows you to take um, a bunch of fast attacks. So people use it to get drop hunts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then they then they sort of min max the um, the HQ and troop choices, you know, just for the sake of getting a bunch of drop pods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, but so but you don't really see blood angels on the competitive tables because yeah. they're not powerful in their codexes. And it's not about that. We're, you and I don't play. Yeah, we don't play. To we don't we've never entered a tournament. Yeah, we don't play to be like oh we gotta. I know. Gotta optimize my list to make it the but, best things ever but sometimes we play people who who are playing in tournaments and they bring us their tough list and then you know we can't play with our favorite toys exactly because yeah yeah just it just won't work out yeah so that's okay well i'll just i'll unleash the tau on them Uh, yes you can do that now yeah (laughs) i'll unleash the necrons now the uh now you have an entire now you have two ches armies to use. Hey, I didn't. I didn't jump on the Tau or Necron bandwagon because no. I thought they were like super powerful to play. Uh, I know, I know, I know. I yeah. resisted Tau because I hated the way they looked. Yeah, that's... I liked. I liked their fluff, and I liked the concept of these high tech weaponry. I even liked the names of all of the different, you know, yeah. uh, weapon systems and signature systems and high, yeah. you know, high yield burst cannons. They just it sounded it all sounded super cool. And then I'd look at the models and I'd go like, uh. ugh, how eighties. You know, but now, but now, but now they're caught up. So I love them. So they're cool. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I get you. I get you. I have my own Chez train to jump on. Yeah, that's true. Covered in covered in red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. When we uh, we come back, uh, Alec and I went out of the GW world to play something brand new. We went and uh, tried Kill Team Herald of Ruin. So our battle report when we come back. We are back. Alec, we tried a new form of kill team. Yes, we did. How was it? It was very well put together. I'm not sure who, I'm not entirely sure who did this version of kill team, but we played the previous one. 
um, at some, we we played the previous one, the um, GW version. Right. Uh, it was all right. It wasn't the it wasn't the best. It was uh. Yeah, it's a little boring. It was a little. It felt it's like a little static. It, it felt very. It felt like a compressed version of of forty k forty k exactly. It, did, it didn't feel anything special. It just sort of felt. Yeah, it just didn't. It didn't give the whole narrative feel that I hoped it would give. It didn't give uh, very fluff. It did, I wanted like a very fluffy mode, and it didn't. I didn't get that feel because they had. They still had squads. They had to use. You still had to use. Um, it was just a whole bunch of. They, were, they had just. It just felt very. Yeah. So yeah. so uh, the concept with Kill Team is that do you play and then instead of having squads and units, you know, fight in these larger battles, you have individual models who are on on the battlefield. Yeah. And you, you use a, a lot less points and every model can shoot at different at target it wants and act on its own, as its own agent, you know, do whatever it wants. And so the official Kill Team rules are, are fun, but again, like what we just said, they, they feel like a sort of a smaller version of rules that we're used to with 40k yeah uh, we kept hearing about this uh new form of kill team called heralds of ruin and it was uh basically a fan-based uh rule set that was unaffiliated not-for-profit unofficial and totally fan-made expansion to 40k for the sake of playing, you know, individual small unit skirmishes. So you can you can go online and just Google Kill Team Heralds of Ruin and you'll run into the rules. Uh, you'll get a PDF. I think the, the, the site itself is actually heraldsofruin.blogspot.co.uk. It's where you get the rules. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because you, order, uh, you, you basically download a PDF that has uh, the rules for the game. And most of the rules are generally changes to the existing 40k rules just so big because you're, this is it they, they want to make this feel a little bit more individual fluffy you know combat based as opposed to epic based yeah so there's there's different interesting things like team leaders oh right? yeah that was interesting like every team has a leader and uh, and they've got like a little leadership bubble of like six or 12 inches uh, that they have something called inspiring presence. Yeah, at, at certain points you you have to roll a leadership test. Yeah, um, or more importantly, um, a route test, which we'll, we'll mention in a second. Um, and so and so the concept of a leader, like a squad leader, is is more important in this in this game than it is in uh, normal forty k. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of the interesting uh, changes is this route test. Oh yes, that was very interesting. So yeah. if you lose half your army, yeah. You have to roll a leadership test against your team leader's leadership value. Yeah, and if you fail that, game over. Yeah, your your team just runs away. So yeah, that was so very at the start of every turn. If if you're less than if you have less than half the army you started out with, or less than half the squad that you started out with, yeah. um, you you're prone to to run away if your leadership is too low. Big changes in the in the, the way that uh, models move and oh, yeah. terrain. Like for example, going through difficult terrain yeah. instead of um, subtracting two, you you use double. Uh, you basically double the the inches. So for example, if you're going through difficult terrain, um, let's say uh, two inches of that is normal terrain, and then four inches of that is difficult terrain. What you would do is you add up to two inches, and instead of going through four inches of, of difficult terrain. Uh, you would basically double that. That would have to be an equivalent of eight inches. So yes. difficult terrain counts as two inches. Like every inch in difficult terrain counts as two inches. 
Yeah. So it's yeah. like it's like harder to get through. It's you yeah, know, it's battlefield it. debris or it's scrub or it's ruins or it's you know, tree tree line or something like that. It's right? very yeah, very much added to the feel of the game. Um, the line of sight rules are changed a little bit. Uh, buildings are are changed a little bit. You can't just magically go through walls like you can in 40k. Yeah, you have to go through doors and you have to account for the you know how you're moving the number of inches to get to the door and then enter to the door. If you want to make any like if you if your character wants to jump, they have to take some kind of an initiative test. Yeah. Where they have to roll lower their initiative, or they fail. Found that very interesting. Their ability to jump <laughs> more than one inch. If it's, uh, uh, so climbing and jumping. Uh, there's a hiding rule. That's cool. Right. That was interesting. You could, uh, if you want to, if your um, character, I believe, is like 50 percent or more obscured, something like that. Yep. You can uh, just sort. You can just sort of um, hide, meaning they can't. Uh, the enemy can't target you, but you can't really do anything while you're hiding. Right. No, you you can't be directly shot at, nor can you be targeted by enemy psychers. Yeah. You're just you're hiding, and, you're hi- and therefore you can't you can't run, you can't shoot, you can't do anything while you're hiding. Yeah, yeah. So so the hiding rule is is, is kind of neat and kind of fun. Other things, the psychic phase has changed a little bit. The shooting phase uh, is interesting. There's there's something called the nerve test. So basically, your buddy gets shot next to you. Yeah, you have to take a test if you're within three inches to see if you're pinned. Yeah. Because your buddy just got shot yeah. right in front of your eyes. Uh, yeah. Line of sight has changed a little bit. Oh, there's an interesting rule called suppressing fire, which we play, which we actually ended up using a little bit. Yeah. If you have something that shoots more than once, like a heavy bulger, yeah. uh, you can choose to reduce your ballistic skill by one. So like a space marine would choose, normally shoot at ballistic skill four. So you'd roll a three in order to make the hit. You can choose to lower your ballistic skill to three, really needing, meaning you need a four to hit. But now anybody within a certain amount of distance um, can also be targeted by the additional shots. Yeah, which certainly uh, helps if you're. It certainly helps if you're using something like a heavy bolter, yeah, or something with a lot of with a rapid fire, yeah, type thing. Flamer weapons are cool. That that's that has interesting changes. Oh yeah, flamer weapons have an interesting change in that they can basically light uh, whoever gets burnt by the flame by the flamers yeah uh, they, they might stay on fire yeah <laughs> and your buddies can actually help and try and put you out but there's a chance that you know the fire might even spread to them which is kind of, yeah, which is <laughs> which funny. Is kind of funny that's cool assault has changed a little bit as well and then there's a whole bunch of other special rules in here dealing with squads and other things the rules are they're a little longer than i thought they were going to be they're longer yeah. than kill team they're a little more specific uh but they make sense yeah they make sense one of the most one of the more interesting things i thought of that changed was certainly how your armies are organized in that every single every single army or squad i guess isn't going to be selected from your normal codex you instead get a, a pdf file from the website for whatever for what army you wanted to play in my case it was chaos space marines there might be but whatever but it seems that they've made slight alterations to the rules of the actual factions like a good example would be my chaos space marines they had a traitor like a traitor legions tactics which i thought was really yeah you got really excited cool. when you saw that oh yeah because I, I was like that's 
what everyone wants for uh, regular the regular chaos space marine codex so as soon as i saw that i was like oh <laughs> oh man the dark gods have answered my prayers um yeah it, that was neat but also something really interesting is that rather than paying for a squad like you would from a codex like you would in the regular kill team you instead pay for individual models like you put, you can pay for so it's it adds an extra layer of customization. Yeah. So if you're like I don't know a Necron player, I would imagine you'd be able to get individual Necron warriors. Like you could get a squad. Of, you can get uh, five if you want, rather than the full ten. Yeah. Which certainly adds a new layer of depth and strategy. I feel. Yeah. If you're familiar with Kill Team, you're still required to take an entire unit of whatever you know sort of unit you want to pick from. So if you wanted to take space marines say you would have to take five space marines right and yeah and all the points necessary to cover five space marines in in this version of kill team um you could take two space marines and pay 14 points and you'd have two bolter marines at 14 points each yes uh, so you can really customize your squad to be exactly what you want it to consisting of individual models and there's certain you know they make restrictions. You can't bring like named characters. Yeah, and and they and every every book, every every faction has their designated sort of team leaders that are all pretty much at the sergeant level. Yeah, they're around the yeah they're around the sergeant level. Yeah, they're around sergeant level. So there's like two wounds each is maximum. Yeah, you know, and I think two up armor is is the best armor you can have. Well, it's the best Not armor. Anyway. Other one. <laughs> yeah. anyway, but but they're, they're like. They're a little more realistic, so you can't bring in Mephiston, say, or you couldn't. Yeah. You can bring in, you know, a Demon Prince to play. Dante can't fly in with a <laughs> right. full squad of Sanguinary Guard to back him up. Right, but you could you have, can, but you could have a couple members of Sanguinary Guard yeah, joining a couple of Death Company guys. Yeah, if you yeah, know. if you want, yes, you can do that. Yeah, you can do that. Um, so it allows for a lot of customization, which is very cool. As Alec mentioned, you go and you download the PDFs for each of the individual factions that have all been sort of customized. Uh, for this game so all of the, the the different you know units you can play and the different point costs and the different upgrade options and how much those upgrade options cost are all in their individual pdfs the best and easiest way to do this is to go to the site i mentioned download the pdf for the for the rules and then if you if you know about battle scribe you, sh- you should be using battle scribe anyway for <laughs> regular games of 40k but use battle scribe and and get get some get the the data, the data for a uh, kill team heralds of ruin, and um, it's it's out there, and you can load that up into Battle Scribe, and then that'll help you pick your team from whatever faction you decide you want to play with, and it makes picking your team super easy. Yeah, all the points are just built in, and you're up and running really fast, and you can be playing. So, so it's a it's a great way to uh, try a new way of 40k for you know getting a little tired of playing 40k or you don't have time to play a five hour game yeah <laughs> and you yeah. want to do an hour long game of kill team with some real customization options man this is this is a great fun yeah. little game this is per yeah this is perfect for small little games that you can just easily get a mission and then play with your buddy or you can easily. This is actually great also for narrative campaigns. You yes. Can, if you have like a if you have a certain part in the story that requires maybe smaller engagements, this would be great for that because it certainly encourages a sort of character design. It cur- it encourages sort of custom uh interesting mission feels. 
Yeah, that I feel mean, very you, yeah, fluffy. You, you could have like a giant epic campaign between you know the Necrons versus the Space Marines, but maybe at one point the Space Marines decide to capture a Necron Overlord. Yeah, they decide to capture yeah. right, right. And the Necron Overlord is like has a secret hideout where you know he's there with his generals planning something. Yeah, you know, or is surrounded by his guard, yeah. and then a small squad of Space Marines goes in and tries to nab him. Yeah, like right there, you can use the, these these kill team rules to make that part of the story, and then in the subsequent game. That general may not be part of the Necron, you know, army because he's been captured yeah. by the Space Marines. So, yeah, in terms of adding elements for narrative play, this is a great way to build that in. Okay, so we, we played we played a game. Uh, yep. Yeah, and I think we, we both reverted to our um, original armies. Alec, you played? I played the Chaos Space Marines. Okay. The very much improved Chaos Space Marines, I might add. And I, and I played uh, the Blood Angels, of course. Yes. Okay. So uh, tell us about your army. What did you, what did you uh, generally, what did you pick as your squad? I tried to go for a fluffier army. I went for um, Alpha Legion Trader, uh, Legion, Alpha Legion Tactics, mm-hmm. which means on the first turn of the game, all my, all my, uh, peop- all my models are shrouded and that the, uh, my kit, my team leader and any chosen I took, it's a very, it's an elite unit of Chaos Space Marines. Uh, all had infiltrate, and that I believe Chaos Cultists had scout. Okay, so you had uh, you had a, who was your warlord? My warlord was an aspiring champion. Okay, he uh, very heavily customized. Uh, I gave him a combi plasma. I gave him uh, various different upgrades for his guns. I gave him uh, smoke grenades. I gave him, I believe, some sort of banner which gave him a bubble around him just in case uh, he needed to impute leadership upon someone i gave him something that added to his uh, assault result okay it gave plus one to his assault result i gave him uh, six plus feel no pain i gave him I, I he was very heavily modded for the game um i also had a squad i also had five chaos space marines four with just regular bolters one had a um heavy bolter and so i also had a chaos cultist squad now the chaos cultists work in that they um have to they have to come in a squad of five mm-hmm. i it's for some unit i guess for some units they just sort of have to operate in that mentality which is which i was fine with um because i wanted my scouts mm-hmm. uh so yeah that and a i also had a chaos biker which proved to be well you'll see you'll see <laughs> <laughs> all right i went with blood angels um i wanted to keep it real simple but you know kind of nasty yeah so uh my squad leader was a chaplain yep who had a rosarius um and the rosarius cost like you know something like 25 points to get to get it yeah which gives him a four up invulnerable save uh so a chaplain in power armor uh, with a bolt pistol and a Rosarius. And then I had uh, three death company uh, Marines. I gave them bolt guns, figuring that I was willing to sacrifice the extra attack on, on assault just so I would have the range of the bolt guns. All right, yeah. yeah. And I think it was a good choice. It was a good I for, feel, yeah. For this game. And then I took two TAC Marines, one with the last cannon and one with the heavy bolter. Yeah. Yeah, so really simple. I had six models. Yeah, I, squad. Had, I, I had double that 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, you, you get up to 250 points to play with. Yeah. So, yeah. So we each, we each, um, maxed out about 250 points. So we, we played a game, a mission, um, cause they include like five or six missions in the, in the PDF called the doomsday device. Oh yes. Where you seed the map 
with six objective markers. One of them will contain the doomsday device. And, um, and uh, they're randomly placed, or your, your opponent, you, you each place them around, and then you do this before you, you pick table sides or you deploy. And so then the way it turned out is that Alec won um, the table sides. And so he ended up uh, picking a side that had two or three it of had, the objective markers. It had two. It had two of them. And I, I had one of them on my side. And the rest were in the middle of the map. And then you let me deploy first, but then you were... I was very tricky with my deployment. Uh, yes. I took the Alpha Legion's rules to my advantage in that... Okay, there were two on my. There were two uh, objectives on my side. I deployed accordingly. I put two Chaos Space Marines managing one of the points. Two Chaos Space Marine. Uh, a Chaos Space Marine with a heavy bolter was next to another one mm-hmm. seated at a window of a building. Mm-hmm. Two were on an, another building that didn't have a point at all. They just thought they would give them good mm-hmm. uh, line of sight. And I also. But I used the scout rule for my Chaos Cultists to position them a little bit up ahead to where they could get another point. Another objective. Another objective was... So each of the objective markers that we're talking about, where Alec is now part, three different units or three different models, sets of models, um, could possibly be the location of the Doomsday device. Yeah. We'll, we'll explain how that works in a second. And I put the team leader and infiltrated him to the top of a building where another yeah. objective was, 18 inches away from an enemy models as per infiltrate. So I had to start off with four different objectives, yeah. four yeah. of the six different objectives from the get-go. Yeah, four, you were sitting on four of the, of the six objectives, which doesn't guarantee that the Doomsday device was going to be in one of them, but certainly the, the odds were ever in your favor. Yes, right. the Wiley Alpha Legion. They always have a plan. But it was so it was very fluffy in that it was very much an Alpha Legion kind of move, right? To oh, use yeah. scout and infiltrate to to move up the field and, and find the new objective. And just and just the, as a side note, because I thought it would be funny, I decided to use regular space like your Blood Angel models for the Alpha Legion, right? For because... reasons that should be obvious, <laughs> right? <laughs> Who's that? Are they on? Who yeah. knows? Who knows? <laughs> right. Um, uh, I, I parked my last cannon, uh, Marine on top of the bastion and yeah. he had great line of sight. You could basically cover the entire battlefield, um, with the last cannon. And then the heavy bolter was in a, was in a, uh, a fortification on the opposite side of my, of my table edge. Uh, and he had really good coverage as well. Uh, and then I, I hid my, my chaplain and death company behind a building and they were ready to come out with their jump packs. First turn, I basically, uh, moved up the map a little bit. Yeah, uh, I think I ended up uh, shooting at your warlord and caused. Oh wait, we basically did, first of all we determined that I did not have the yeah. um, the doomsday device on my side of the map. Yeah, we determined that. Yeah, every time. Okay, so the way the way the doomsday device uh, thing works and it's pretty neat is that you have six objective markers. One of them might hold the doomsday device. You roll a, a d6. On a roll of six, that particular objective marker would hold the doomsday device. Anything other than a six means that it's not there. And so you eliminate that objective marker, meaning yeah. that the doomsday device is not at that location. Okay. And so then, so as you eliminate them, then one of them is either going to roll up a six or the, the last remaining one that, you know, uh, that you get to is the one that obviously has a doomsday device. So that's the way it was going to work. So 
right away alec had the advantage right there yeah so yeah uh you moved so you moved a little bit shot at me uh you actually took a i think you took a wound off of my uh team leader i did which made me nervous so uh i got so first turn i immediately determined that my heavy bolter guy who's on my side of the table uh had the doomsday device which i was very happy about as it was in good hands um so i had my team leader hide immediately and he just kept hiding for the rest of the game <laughs> yeah mostly because i thought that was a very alpha legion thing to do as the objective and, and also because if i kill the team yeah. leader um if if you reduce a, a squad to less than half its original size they have to take that route test yeah. where they have to roll a leadership. And if your team leader is dead, then you're obviously going to roll a much lower leadership score. Yeah. So Alec did not want that to happen. And I did not. You don't want to get routed. I don't want to. Yeah, so so you're, the Alpha Legion cowardly <laughs> hid for the rest of the game. My friend, it's called strategy. <laughs> Fine. Um, so Fine. yeah, I immediately, I started, I moved up my chaos spiker and shot at your chaplain, I believe, but I didn't really get any hit, didn't get any wounds. Yeah. He was... In a, I made all my saving rolls. Yeah, he made all the saving rolls. Yeah. Other than that, other than that, uh, nothing really happened. I had good shooting. Uh, my last cannon took out your, your biker. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, yes, yeah. yes. Took out, took out your biker. Uh, and then my heavy bolter took out one of your Chaos Space Marines. And then I started moving up Death Company up the table. This little mini Death Star, you know, yeah. cha chaplain in three Death Company Marines, right? For yeah. this game, that is a Death Star. <laughs> exactly. The turns move really fast because I only had six models. So yeah. like move, shoot, can I assault? No. Okay, your turn. <laughs> yeah. So my turn rolls around again. Uh, I take some more shots at the, um, at the chaplain. Does again no effect. Yeah. Uh, I determined that I did not successfully steal or diffuse the doomsday device. Right. We should talk about that. So if you're in possession of the doomsday device on a roll at the beginning of your turn, if you roll a five or six, you have diffused or or somehow you know basically converted the doomsday device to your side, and uh, and you win the game. Yeah. So if you find it early on there's a good chance you're going to be able to defuse it, you know, and then win the game. So I think this was the most, the weakest part of this new version of Kill Team. And <laughs> it, it was very, you know, luck dependent. It was very, <laughs> well, come on, that, go, that goes, fluffy. that goes for all, that goes for like most of the rules. Yeah, of I know like this is GW. a game of, this is a game of dice. I it's, get it. It's I get a, it. And yeah. it, it's, it's fluffy. It's fluffy. I get it. And, besi but, and besides, if it wasn't for the Alpha Legion, yeah, that no, might no, not have been. Yeah, the way you deployed was brilliant. Okay. So, so yeah, so it, it turned into a lot of basically the it, game, the game turned into, it was a race against the clock for the blood angels. Yeah. Blood angels were, they knew where the, everybody knew where the doomsday device was. He yeah. was furiously working to defuse it, um, while taking pot shots at this coming, you know, group of death company Marines yeah. who looked mad. Very, they always look very angry, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Revving their chain swords in anticipation. Yeah. Um, and I was whittling down Alex's team, like uh, the Death Company and Chaplain uh, in assault killed all the uh, uh, the cultists. Yeah, they killed all the cultists. Cultists did not do much besides get besides ensuring objectives. Right. But then at the uh, at the bottom of turn four, at bottom of turn four, uh, I successfully defused the Doomsday device. You did and stole it away for for the alpha agents of nefarious purposes immediately winning the game yes 
So it was a short game. I think the game in its entirety probably lasted 30 minutes. It probably took longer to set up and tear down than it is to actually play. Yeah. I, yeah, this game I felt was very narrative based, felt very fun. Uh, and it really, funny enough, it got me really excited. Really, it reminded me of why I enjoyed chaos. Mm-hmm. I just enjoyed the feel of chaos. Mm hmm. Especially, um, and it got me very excited for if they, if GW, please, Legion Tactics, I can't stress this enough. Right, because GW is listening to the Eye of Terror. Please, if you are listening, <laughs> if you are out there, peoples, I'm making hand gestures at you, do it. Or, or it might be up to the fan community to, to, to solve the problem for you, yeah. like, like with uh, versions of the game like this. Seriously. <laughs> uh, the game itself is really, it, it plays really fast and it's really fun. If you guys want to take a break from Raider 40K, I thoroughly encourage you to try Heralds of Ruin version of Kill Team. Even if you play Kill Team, this feels different from, from that. Um, if you use Battle Scribe and you just um, you know, read the rules once or twice, um, you'll get it, and it makes it really easy. The games are fast and furious. There's like five or six missions already there. There's a whole uh, section of it that we didn't get into that allows for campaign play. Yeah. So there's campaign missions, and you get you know points and objectives for doing a whole campaign. So we have to check that out. That might be really fun, but definitely check it out. Yeah, I would really, really recommend this. Okay, well, I think that ends this episode of the eye of terror i believe it does yeah Uh. we want to wish all our listeners happy holidays merry christmas um happy new years thank you for listening i know we started this uh we started this podcast in august yes um and we already got like thousands uh thousands of listens from around the world well isn't that neato i know so thank you all for um spending your time with us while you're painting or driving or just you know, doing other hobby-related things. Living. Living. Breathing. <laughs> Thank you for spending time with us. It's been really fun to do. Um, we will probably be talking to you again after the beginning of the new year. So have a happy and safe uh, new year. Play a lot of 40K. Use your downtime from work to uh, work on your favorite armies. Um, they're there waiting for you on the shelf. There they are. They're not going to paint themselves, you know. Come on, man. <laughs> you know me. you want to. <laughs> you know you want to paint me. <laughs> Paint me like one of your French models. <laughs> okay. So uh, so that wraps up episode 10. If you want to reach us, uh, please send us an email. We are the eye of terror podcast at gmail.com. You can also visit us on Facebook where we have a Facebook page. Uh, we will be posting photos of Alex cataphractic terminator conversions into chaos terminator. So definitely check those out. Uh, and with that, that ends our episode. So I'm George. And I'm Alec. And we play 40K. All right, we'll see you in the new year. 